Hey there, Agility friend. If you've listened to a few of my podcast episodes, you know that I'm a huge fan of something called growth mindset. You can have access to the best instruction in the world, and you can have the best dog in the world and the best skills in the world. But if you don't have a solid mindset and approach to the challenges that sport and life are going to toss your way, you're not going to be able to really make the most of all of those bests that you have, you know, best instruction, best dog, best skills, all that stuff. I'm so passionate about the importance of our mindset when it comes to dog agility and really everything in life that I've written an ebook about growth versus fixed mindset, what the hallmarks of those two mindsets are, and how one can really propel you along your agility journey, and one may really be holding you back, maybe without you even being aware of it. That ebook is not for sale anywhere, but it is available for free to subscribers of my email list. So if you're curious about what a growth mindset is, what a fixed mindset is, and how to ensure that you've got the right mindset for making the most of your dog agility training and handling journey, head to podcast.theagilitychallenge.com and scroll down till you see the link to subscribe to my email list and get that ebook. It's totally free and it's a game changer. Check it out today at podcast.theagilitychallenge.com. Hard skills, those that we want to be able to perform perfectly and automatically every time, are best developed slowly, carefully, and methodically with the precision of a good carpenter. Now, these are mechanical skills, both on the part of us as handlers and trainers and on the part of our dogs. While we want to make sure that our dogs are excited to play with us, we are wise to develop their jumping skills slowly and carefully, for example, so that we can help them focus on desirable ways of moving their bodies up to and over a bar. We don't just start full tilt with jumping at full speed. Now, you may have heard this acronym before. It's DASH, D-A-S-H. The D stands for desire. The A stands for accuracy. S is for speed. And H is for habitat. And that's the environments that you want your behaviors to work in. So notice that in this acronym, D for desire comes first, but then accuracy comes before speed. And that's how it should be. I mean, that's how it is for us as learners. That's how it is for our dogs as learners as well. So often we want to jump straight to the speed part of things, both with ourselves and with our dogs. But learning the footwork for a front cross slowly and methodically and then speeding up as you gain fluency is much more in keeping with what the research says about learning hard skills, and not just from Daniel Coyle's book, The Little Book of Talent, which I've been referencing all throughout this Agility Challenge tip series. Soft skills are a different beast. When we see somebody with their dog on course engaged in high-level soft skills, it catches our eye because it's really beautiful. It's amazing to watch. So if you look down below, you'll see some examples of videos that I've put in this particular post. Um, And if you're listening to this as a podcast, head to the podcast.theagilitychallenge.com or daisypeel.com and take a look at these videos. But what the videos are of, one of them is of Teresa Krolova with her Border Collie Say. They won the Agility World Championships multiple years. Just amazing teamwork. Another video is of Jennifer Crank from the United States and her Shetland Sheepdog B at Westminster in 2023. And then I included another video of myself with one of my youngsters from 2023 European Open Team Tryouts. Now, admittedly, my soft skills with my youngster Savvy at the moment are not as strong as an Agility World 
champion, that's for sure. But the point is, when we see teamwork like that, and we see those high level soft skills in action, all that flawless, seemingly flawless, and very rapid decision making, we tend toward magical thinking, we tend to think that these handlers appear magical, that they appear unique, that no way could I ever do that. But according to Daniel Coyle, they are, in fact, these performances, the result of super fast brain software recognizing patterns and responding in just the right way. And here's what he has to say about that. He writes, while hard skills are best put together with measured precision, soft skills, excuse me, soft skills are built by playing and exploring inside challenging, ever-changing environments. These are places where you encounter different obstacles and respond to them over and over, building that mental network of sensitive wiring that you need to hit those three R's that I talked about in the last agility challenge tip, read, recognize, and react. So in other words, to build soft skills, you should behave less like a careful carpenter and more like a skateboarder in a skateboard park. Aggressive, curious, and experimental, and always seeking new ways to challenge yourself. That is one of the hallmarks of a growth mindset as well, which is another thing I talk a lot about, just constantly challenging ourselves. Now, if you've ever watched kids in a skate park, or even people who are competitive skateboarders working through skateboard tricks, there's a lot of failure. There's a lot of boards slipping out from underneath of them, a lot of falling, a lot of scraping, but they do it over and over and over and over and over until they get the trick just right. And this is working through soft skills. And working through soft skills can involve a lot of failure. And I'm going to get to that. But the failure is as important as the success. And so you need that to build that history of experience that you can draw from later on. So Coyle also goes on to write about how Brazil is home to many of the world's most skilled soccer players. And it turns out that their skills are developed not by playing soccer, but instead by playing a game called Futebol de Salão, which means soccer in the room. And he talks about how compared to soccer, Futebol de Salão is an insanely fast, tightly compressed five-on-five version of the game in a, on a basketball-sized court instead of a humongous soccer-sized field. So what happens is by compressing the game down, players get 600% more touches on the football, the soccer ball. And the game demands instant pattern recognition. So they really have to, their brains have to go a lot faster than they do when they get out on that big soccer size field. So they, they get out to the big soccer field and it might be more athletically challenging because they have to run faster or farther. But because they have been working in that smaller space, the rate of decision making is actually lower and then easier on a soccer size field. Now, this particular game is called Brazil's Laboratory of Improvisation by those who study soccer. And I've also included a video of an example of this particular game in play down below. Now, examples of playing like a skateboarder can also be found in comedy. So Chicago's Second City is a comedy house, and it served as a training ground for some of America's most accomplished and successful comedians. And it does it by giving comedians a rich, competitive, endlessly varied space in which to practice improvisation, sketch comedy, and stand-up. That's also from Coyle's book, Little Book of Talent. And he goes on to point out that even the most creative skills, especially the most creative skills, require long periods of clumsiness. So this is an important point to remember, I think, when we are flailing around feeling clumsy. So I'm going to say it again for the people in back. 
especially the most creative skills, require long periods of clumsiness. So when you practice a soft skill, focus on making a high number of varied repetitions. Unlike when you're practicing a hard skill where you're trying to get it right, perfect every single time. When you're practicing a soft skill, you focus on a high number of varied repetitions. You vary little things each time and you do it in a way that you can get clear feedback. And in our case, that's usually um, in the form of our dog's response to our cues. So we try moving at a particular speed and they go off course, or we try a particular variation on a handling move and they drop a bar or they have a wide turn or something like that. So that's all feedback for us to fold into that history of experience, that database that we can draw on later when we're trying to employ soft skills in a competitive environment. The important thing here also is to not worry too much about making errors. The important thing is to explore. Now, I'm not saying you should discount your errors. You should recognize that all of those errors are just as important as the successes in terms of the exploration, figuring out the boundaries of a handling move or the boundaries of your abilities or the boundaries of your dog's understanding, that kind of stuff. Soft skills can be more fun to practice because you get to, you know, run courses, run sequences, and maybe do it over and over. Just run the course. But they're also tougher because they demand that you coach yourself and not just give in to the fun of the moment. So it's, it's, it's where you are exploring and changing and varying things. But after each session, ask yourself what worked, what didn't, and why. And this is not a time to be judgmental. It's just, here's what I tried. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Here's how I'm going to fold that into my history of experience to draw from in the future. So be playful when you're working on soft skills. Keep it varied. And remember that you're not after perfection here. You're after experience. That's it for this week's agility challenge tip number nine. Check in next week for agility challenge tip number 10. We are already almost 10 weeks into the year. Leave a comment below. Let me know what you think about hard skills versus soft skills for you or for your dog. And I'll see you guys next week for agility challenge tip number 10. Thanks for joining me on the agility challenge podcast with Daisy Peel. If you'd like to take your agility training, handling, and mental game to the next level, check out that ebook that I mentioned at the top of the episode. You can get it for free at podcast.theagilitychallenge.com. It's not for sale anywhere, and it's only available to subscribers of my email list. Getting on board with the right mindset when it comes to your dog agility handling and training challenges is a game changer. So make sure you check it out.